Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. As always, if you're looking to follow me on other platforms, please see the link tree, which is linked in the description. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble now, and I'm also obviously on all the audio platforms, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, all that stuff. So just make sure you go and follow me because... I tend to get banned from some things sometimes, or at least suspended. I was suspended from Facebook for about a week uh, just a little while ago. I'm obviously still banned off Twitter, hoping that changes eventually. We'll see what the new uh, the new Twitter is like with Elon Musk. But I've already appealed it once, still got rejected, so I'm going to wait until the new terms of service have been officially laid out, and then I'm going to try again. So... There is a lot going on in the news right now regarding the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. There have been several articles put out. Uh, they've been put out by Breitbart and uh, big like right-wing news organizations saying that Kaufman supporters assaulted Don Baldick last night at the debate. Now, this is horseshit, and I'm going to get into it later, how it's complete horseshit. Um, and, but it's funny to see... Maggie Hassan also call us out. So Maggie Hassan put out a tweet earlier today condemning the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire for its despicable display of agitation and thanked the Goffstown Police Department and St. Anselm College for their commitment to keeping everyone safe. So a lot of people have been accusing us of being controlled opposition for the Democrats. That I mean, if you live here in New Hampshire, you know that's the most hilarious thing ever. The Democrats absolutely despise us way more than the Republicans. In fact, we get along with a lot of the Republicans on local issues. A lot of free staters run as Republicans. But uh, like kind of nationwide, people are talking about this race in New Hampshire where Jeremy Kaufman could be the spoiler and he's running cover for Maggie Hassan, which is just ridiculous. Um also, they're, they're trying to say that libertarians get Democrats elected. That's not true. Shitty Republicans get Democrats elected. All right. If you didn't run these awful fucking Republicans, if you ran people who were against war, who actually wanted to rein in spending, who actually cared about our civil liberties, then maybe we wouldn't even have to run a libertarian candidate. Or even if we did run a libertarian candidate, it wouldn't matter because they'd vote for the Republican mostly anyway. So this whole argument is just stupid. But, um, you know, I hope they actually do blame us if they lose. I currently think Don Baldick is probably going to win. But if he doesn't and the spread is covered by the libertarian candidate, I think that's great. And I want the Republicans to get super angry at us and blame us 100 percent. I totally want the blame. However, if you want to change that next time, you need to elect a better Republican. And for all the, you know, paleo libertarians who are upset that libertarians aren't taking part in the system. I voted for Bruce Fenton in the primary. I had him on my show. I told my followers to go vote for him. Um, I told my family, told my friends to go vote for him, got a lot of them to vote for him. He didn't win the primary. And now we have a, uh, a China hawk, dumbass neocon as the Republican candidate for Senate. So no, I'm not going to vote for him. So you can get mad at me all you want. And I hope you do kind of blame me if he loses. But if you want to change that next time, that's all on you because I'm not voting for warmongers. I'm not voting for idiot neocons like him. And I'm going to get into what a neocon he is here in a little bit. So first to establish what's uh, 
going on here. I went to a debate protest about a week ago. So Jeremy Kaufman has obviously been disinvited from the debates, even though he is a qualified candidate. He's on the ballot in New Hampshire. We petitioned. We got him on there. They required some polling um, thresholds that he didn't meet, so they wouldn't let him in the debate. So last week, NHPR was holding a debate, so we decided to go and cause a little bit of a ruckus outside. So this video is on the uh, Breaking the Flaw channel, and I just want to play a little bit of it. This is just kind of a quick summary of how things went down last week. All right, so if you're listening, what's going on here is Jeremy has a loudspeaker, and there's probably 40 to 50 Maggie Hassan supporters with big, like, three by eight uh, campaign signs, and all they're doing is chanting, Maggie, Maggie. So we showed up to the building where the NHPR debate was going to be, and Jeremy had a microphone, and he was talking a little while about, you know, who he was and how, you know, these people are being really anti-democratic by not letting a third party into the debate. And then we got kicked off of the private property, so then we went out to the public property, and we tried to actually talk with some of the Maggie Hassan supporters, but none of them would talk. They would do nothing but chant. So then we decided to just kind of egg them on, and that's what's going on here. So he's saying build the wall, build the wall there, because Maggie is extremely hawkish on the border, just like Don Baldick, uh, which a lot of Democrats, at least you know, rhetorically, they'd be against that, but their candidate isn't. So if they heard that she basically supports Trump's border policies, they'd probably be pissed. But that's what he's getting at there. Who hates freedom? Who hates freedom? Warmonger, 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 warmonger. Okay, so the guy who's filming all this is Joa, who owns this channel. And he's the guy that got accused of assaulting Don Baldick. And we'll get into that later. So he's filming this. This guy does this type of stuff all the time. He's very in your face, very uh, proactively trying to get into the crowd. But he's done this for a long time and he knows what he's doing. He's never going to touch anybody. He knows like all the laws about the easements for where you're still on public property. It's like 15 feet from the center of the road. He's got all that type of stuff memorized because this is what he does. He goes to these things. And he tries to egg people on, but he never does anything illegal, never attacks anybody, never touches anybody. He's very experienced in this field, so he's he's not an idiot. Okay, so if you're listening instead of watching, he's run down the line of Maggie Hassan supporters, and Maggie is now walking down the center of the path. Warmonger, don't push me. So he's kind of in her face saying, Warmonger. 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 Do not push me. So then someone hits the phone out of his hand. Don't you fucking touch So now he's arguing with them. Still not touching anybody. 
So that's what that just gives you a little bit of an idea of what was going on last week and what Joe is like. This is the type of stuff he does. So that debate protest went pretty well. We got a little bit of press out of it. It was a lot of fun. We never did anything aggressive as like we never touched anyone we did get kind of close to people and talk to them and you know we were talking through loudspeakers and stuff but we never did anything that could be considered assault we were annoying and that was it and there were only two don baldock supporters that showed up and they were very nice and we were cordial with them we talked with them and they got to meet jeremy and they liked jeremy um, and then the uh, Maggie Hassan supporters, like all 50 of them, is very obviously not an organic show of support. I, I called them protesters. They weren't protesters because they were just there uh, showing support. But it was obviously very, or, uh, very uh, artificial because a van showed up and then like all 50 of them grabbed their signs and threw them in this van and just disappeared, which is exactly what happened at the debate I was at last night. Um, and at least the Don Baldock supporters at the last debate, they seemed like they were there just out of their own volition to support their guy. Didn't really get that same vibe from the Maggie Hass people. So after this happened, I think this was last Thursday, uh, we decided, all right, we're going to do this again on Wednesday night and more of us might be able to make it out there. So, um, we, the, the next debate was at St. Anselm's college in, uh, Manchester and it was at eight o'clock at night. And again, they were going to have a bunch of supporters out there with signs. So we figured we'll just try to do the same thing again. So the funny thing is the last time I was at this college was in 2020. I think it was January 9th when Tulsi Gabbard was excluded from the debate. She was actually excluded when other candidates were polling lower than she was. Like Michael Bloomberg, I think, was allowed in the debate and he just paid enough money to get in there. Similar situation taking place here. Um, you know, WMUR just didn't allow Jeremy in because of some dumb polling requirements they had. And Jeremy even pointed out that if he had, you know, cut a check to them or something, they probably would have let him in. But, you know, we don't have the money and we're just running a grassroots campaign. So they just excluded him. So I wanted to play a clip of me in 2020 at St. Anselm's College. There is a better clip of me somewhere. They actually were walking with news cameras up and down the road, and they actually came right by me. I looked for that clip for hours, but I couldn't find it. So I'm just going to go with this one. But uh, I'm going to freeze it when I show up in it. But this is us in January of 2020 protesting her not being allowed into that debate. Okay, so that's me right there. It's not a very good image. I'll, I'll show it up. I've got a freeze frame of it. Um, you can barely see me, but that is me right there. Uh, and I'll just let Tulsi speak. 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 So a bunch of people came up from not just New Hampshire. There are people coming up from New York and stuff. Uh, it was a good show of protest for her not being allowed into the debate. Uh, she didn't actually end up showing up to that, but um, a lot of her supporters were there. I'd say over a hundred or so. Uh, but here's the screen grab of me. That's me right there. <laughs> so I was there and that was, it was just funny because that was the last time I was at this college was protesting someone else not being allowed into the debate. 
So anyway, I show up around four o'clock and um, I have a Tulsi banner that I had repurposed into a Jeremy Kaufman banner and some signs. And then I've got my loudspeaker horn with me. And then Joa was the only other guy who was there initially. So Joa and I have a little bit different approach. I'm all about agitation if it seems appropriate. I prefer civil discussion, though. I feel like it's more um, it's more productive. So there were actually a couple Baltic supporters that came over and started talking to me. And they're like, hey, I like Jeremy, but we have to vote for Baltic. And so I was like getting into the conversation about why I wouldn't support Baltic. And then Joa is much more aggressive. You know, he'd be like yelling at them and, you know, saying, why do you support war? Why do you hate brown people or whatever? It's fine. That's his approach. It's not mine unless you already. I'm basically equal force with protesting. If people are yelling at me and being retards, then I'll just do the same thing back to them. But if people want to talk, I'll absolutely talk. I prefer that. The funny part was the WMUR van was set up right on the corner where we were. And Joa just went at them for not letting Jeremy Kaufman into the debate. And that I'm 100% supportive of all the time. Like, fuck those people. They're purposefully distorting the reality of what's going on. They're the enemy. So if you want to just go full-blown jackass at them, I love that. And it was so funny because instead of just ignoring him, they started interacting with him. And once you start interacting with a heckler, you've already lost. You have to just ignore them. But they ended up packing up and moving their van because he was so annoying to them, which I thought was hilarious. But anyway, he was doing a lot of the like he was going to the other side. And like when people were taking pictures, he was flipping them off and being a little flippant. I'm sure there's video footage that's going to come out of this. So, yes, he was being a jerk, but he never touched anybody. He never did anything illegal. And um, he was just doing his thing. So as the night went on, more and more people showed up. And I just I was talking with some of these Baltic supporters and there was this one guy that was there who was trying to say that Don Baldick is anti-war. He doesn't like what's going on in Ukraine. He wants to put an end to it. Uh, I absolutely can vouch for him that he's against intervention. So I'm going to play a clip for you guys. A lot of you have probably seen it already if you listen or watch this show. But I'm going to play it anyways because it's uh, it's really bad. So here we go. I'll just play it and then I'm going to explain what I did after that. Distance that's going to win. But what boggles my mind, Steve, is the fact that we haven't gone all in on this already. Diplomatically, informationally, mm-hmm. militarily, uh, and economically. This is not a time for pause right now. We need to get in there and we need to help them on the ground. We have columns of his troops lined up, ready to be, you know, interdicted. And we need to give that kind of help to the Ukrainians. But we're just sitting back and we're not doing anything and we're just saying, oh, you know, everything is on the table. Well, now's the time. Putin is a global threat. He is an enemy to the world. And that's what we have to start telling people he is. And we can't take any pressure off China either. We got to go after China because they're in this with them and we don't want them going into Taiwan. So this is huge. And we got to come together. We got to lead the world in in supporting uh, President Zelensky and supporting the Ukrainians. And what we have been doing now is just standing by. There is more to do. We can do it and we should be doing it. So a lot of Baltic supporters and I think Baltic himself try to deny that that clip exists. So I figured I got a loudspeaker and Joa had a little uh, wireless Bluetooth speaker. So I just uh, I just hooked it right into um, the speaker and I put it up against 
the loudspeaker horn and I just blasted this clip over and over to the crowd of Baltic supporters. So I'll play this for you. So that other guy in the frame there, that was Joa that you saw kind of running back and forth uh, between us and the Baltic people. So we, as you can see in this uh, frame, this Nolan is videoing me. He's the chair of the uh, Libertarian Party in New Hampshire. So there's an intersection right here to turn into the school, and we're on opposite sides of the intersection. So there's like 40 feet between us or something like that. Um, so I played that clip probably 20 times. And you could hear him chanting USA back at me. And it was funny because these guys are holding signs over their heads, some of them, and they're chanting USA, USA back at me. They can only do that for so long. They did it for like five minutes or something. And I literally had to exert no effort. I just held up the horn with the speaker right up to it. And I blasted that clip over and over and over again. And... um they didn't like it. I mean, at first they were resisting a little bit after a while, you know, that especially when he's talking about China, there's still some sentiment in the Republicans like, yeah, the Chai comms, we got to go take them out. But a lot of Republicans are really sour on supporting Ukraine. And he says in that clip, you know, we have to lead the world in supporting Zelensky and the Ukrainians. And you could see the looks on their faces after I played it like 10 times. They were pretty demoralized they weren't they weren't exactly loving it um so here is a clip of uh me when don baldick shows up so he shows first maggie shows up and we just kind of yell at her through the speaker like you're a warmonger whatever and she goes inside don stops and he gets out right in front of us and then he's running back and forth to all his supporters uh, along the line so i'll just play that for you guys here and i am still holding up the horn with the speaker blasting his clip as he's running back and forth to his supporters Okay, so as Don Baldick is, you know, he's he goes down his line of supporters. I'm still playing the clip out loud on the horn, and then he comes all the way back up. This is when Joa runs over to him with his phone to ask him a question, and this is where the allegations of assault come from. So I'm going to play the video for you first, and then we'll talk about it. So here we go. 
this by the way i do recommend you watch this instead of listen to it it's just gonna make more sense but you can see joa run up to him he is, okay, so right there. you can see he doesn't touch him he's actually a couple feet away from him and he's got his left hand down by his side almost behind his back and again joa is very experienced he knows what he's doing He's not going to touch somebody. He's not going to attack somebody. He does this type of stuff all the time. So he really knows what he's doing. And so if you watch here, these guys right here behind the sign, they run out and hit Joa. So keep watching. And they bump into Baldick. And so right around this time, Baldick's elbow goes out and hits Joa. So I don't know if that's just from being bumped or if he's intentionally putting his elbow out to try to make contact. I'm going to keep playing it here. There's another angle. Joe obviously doesn't touch him, right? There's not a small point. So he's going to run out from behind the time, hit Joe with the flag. Watch my elbow. So Baldick's elbow goes out and barely makes contact while the other two guys who are running out with the flag bump into him. And then he acts like his arms hurt. He holds his hand up on his arm and says, he hit me. He hit me. Totally not true. So I'll keep playing this. I'm not on the property. So now the police arrest Joa for trespass and disorderly contact, not for assault, but the news is reporting that Don Balduck was assaulted by a libertarian activist. They're saying he ducked a punch, that he was hit, that he was assaulted. Again, these are like Breitbart, National Review, big news publications putting this out, and even Maggie Hassan jumped in on it and condemned us for being violent. There's nothing violent going on here. Now, I can understand, you know, the campaign manager freaks out a little bit when he sees Joa run up to Baldick. Okay, fair. That's warranted to be a little concerned. But then Joa obviously stops, doesn't do anything. And then the two Baldick guys run out and hit him. And then Joa gets arrested. That doesn't seem right. I'll just play the rest of this clip. No, when did I go on the property? Wait, 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 w
it on the bar. I didn't even see it. Hey, I was just right here. The sidewalk is right there. I was down on the bar. You witnessed it. You witnessed it. You witnessed it. You guys witnessed. You guys witnessed. I was not trespassing. You're good, man. Then take them off. Then take them off. Then take them off. Show me where I was trespassing. So yeah, there's that whole clip. So he gets arrested. He gets taken to the police station. So then after the whole debate thing was over, basically all of us went to the police station to wait for him, and you know he dealt with his bail and got out. So now he's got to go to court. Um, so here's the thing. You cannot like his approach, which I understand. Like I said, it's not my initial approach. My initial approach is to try to have a conversation. And if things get obstinate, then I'll just be obnoxious like everybody else. But regardless of whether or not you like his approach, he did not hit Baldick. And that's what's being reported in the news. At the time I put this video out, I don't know that there have been any official retractions from the big news sources. Don Baldick had an interview earlier this morning where he basically didn't recollect whether or not he was hit. Um, but that's like all we've gotten. So there's all this news about libertarians attacking Republican Don Baldick. It's been reported here locally in New Hampshire. My, one of my friends who's not in the party or really that into politics actually texted me saying, hey, I heard one of your guys assaulted Baldick last night. So there's a lot of misinformation surrounding this going out. So I just wanted to put this video together to show you guys that that's not what happened. He was definitely being obnoxious. He didn't do anything illegal. Um, and he didn't, he definitely didn't assault Baldick. That, that's absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Last thing I wanted to get into was the actual debate that took place. Um, we're getting criticized that we're being too, um, you know, we're being too critical of Baldick. Like, yeah, he might've said those crazy things back in February, but he's really backtracked. Now he just like wants nothing to do with this war. I have said that he might not be making as, you know, crazy statements because after he made those statements that I showed you, you can watch my other video. It's called what is Tulsi Gabbard doing? It goes into Baldick's recent record and, uh, you know, stuff he's said about Ukraine and Russia. Corey Lewandowski, Trump advisor, came out and said that those comments disqualify him from ever being a U.S. senator. And then the uh, Pentagon correspondent to Fox News had to go on the air after he'd been on the show and tell the audience, Don Baldick does not represent the Department of Defense and to suggest that we would put any troops on the ground or, you know, make indirect fires on Russian columns of tanks is absolutely insane. Giving Putin any excuse to broaden this conflict would be absolutely ridiculous at a time like this. So Don Baldick's criticism of how the Ukraine situation is being handled is that there's no clear strategy from Biden, which, you know, that on its own, fair enough, there is no clear strategy. But his criticisms have always been that we haven't shown strength and that we haven't drawn a red enough line, basically. So when people say peace through strength, I understand some of the optics of that sometimes, but peace through strength to me means willingness to talk to your enemy, willing to you know actually go over there and say, hey, man, what the heck? Can we work something out here? That shows strength. Biden has shown zero strength. Like 
Uh, he's just pumped tons of weapons and tons of money into Ukraine. We won't even talk to Putin. So it's like the worst of bold, both worlds. He comes off as weak, but he's also agitating everything. But coming off as bold and also agitating everything, it doesn't fix anything. It arguably makes it worse. I mean, that's like what George W. Bush was like. He was bold, but also awful. And that's what Don Baldick is. He's definitely not a wimp, but he's a fucking idiot. He wants to, you know, have indirect fires against Russian tanks and to, uh, you know, put special forces on the ground, which now I guess that's not as crazy an opinion because it's been confirmed that there are actually U.S. soldiers in Ukraine. And we've also deployed the 101st Airborne to Romania and they've been in Poland for a while. But still, uh, his criticism has basically been that the Biden administration isn't doing enough. And then Maggie Hassan, on the other hand, she basically 100% supports Biden's agenda with Ukraine, which is also awful. So wanted to play some clips from the debate. They get into foreign policy, and it's a real shame that Jeremy Kaufman wasn't here. But here we go. Here's uh, the first question on foreign policy. And there's a segue there into our next question. Uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues with the country's infrastructure sustaining catastrophic damage as winter approaches. World leaders have been worried that Russia might also at some point use battlefield tactical nuclear weapons. Under what circumstances should NATO or the U.S. have a more active role in this conflict, Senator Hassan? Well, look, we are seeing the Ukrainian people uh, give their lives to fight for what we all have, democracy. And they are showing with their steadfastness and their courage that democracy is worth fighting for. Um, and they are standing up to Vladimir Putin, who is a war criminal. And it is critically important that democracies stand together and make sure that Vladimir Putin's aggression and threats are not tolerated and that we stand strong. What we know is that authoritarians around the world, whether it is in China or North Korea or Iran, are watching. And at the end of the day, in the live free or die state, we know how important it is that we provide critical support uh, both financial and the means for the Ukrainian people to defend themselves and repair, repel Russia. Uh, and it's also critically important that we continue our sanctions regime, which has proven to be um, pretty effective, but we still have to keep a very close eye on the way Putin is trying to circumvent it. General, same question to you. Okay, so just typical, awful corporate Democrat. She named off all the countries, you know, Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran, typical, you know, hawkish politician. Those are all the big bad guys that we got to oppose and stand up for democracy. Um, and then she even doubled down on Russian sanctions, saying that they're working. That's just ridiculous. The Russian sanctions have completely backfired. The Russians, uh, the, the sanctions against Russia have made the ruble stronger, tanked you know, the American economy. And they're also forcing China and Russia to work directly together instead of with us. So if your goal is to, you know, undermine the imperial Russian and Chinese hegemony, then the sanctions have done the exact opposite of that. So it's an absolutely God awful answer to that question. And this is a perfect layup for Baldic. If Baldic really thinks that we're making a mistake by going deeper and deeper into this war, this is a prime opportunity for him to say, no, Senator Hassan is wrong. We can't protect democracy around the world when we can't even protect our freedoms here at home. We need to focus on America, America first, and then he can even invoke 
President Trump, even though that's not what he did. But he can, you know, use the talking point like we can't be the policeman of the world. We got to take care of things here at home. Uh, let's watch what his actual answer ends up being. Under what circumstances should the U.S. or NATO become more involved in this conflict? Well, I think we've already seen the circumstances, but it's too late. The uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan was a debacle. It empowered Russia. It empowered Putin to invade. It empowered China, who's you know going to invade Taiwan. We're not going to do anything about it because we can't, because we're weak, because of her policies and Joe Biden's policies and the whole administration's policies. I mean, Senator Hassan has failed us national security-wise. And she continues to fail on the Homeland Security Committee because we got open borders and immigration, millions of people, 98 terrorists coming into this country. So you want to get back to Ukraine? Ukraine is a mess because this administration has made it a mess. They have no diplomatic leadership, no political leadership. Our, our economy is weak. Our military is graded as weak. We have nothing to do but watch because of her policies and her votes with Joe Biden. We need strong leaders with national security experience in Washington, D.C. to draw the line before anything happens. And with this administration and with her in, in the Senate, it will not happen. Senator, 30 seconds. Okay, so the only part of that that I think was good was when he said this administration has had no diplomatic leadership. He is correct on that front. That is where we're really lacking that we haven't sent people over there to try to talk. We haven't talked with Putin at all. However, what are all his other criticisms? That we haven't shown enough, enough strength, that we didn't make red enough of a line, that we have shown weakness by leaving Afghanistan. That's really the talking point he wants to use, that it's bad that we left Afghanistan and showed weakness. Not that, that we've been pumping billions and billions of dollars of weapons into Ukraine. Uh, not that, you know, we overthrew their country back in 2014 not that we've been tearing up treaties and driving escalations through the roof none of that none of that's the problem the problem is that we've been too weak and we haven't shown enough strength and th this is hilarious because he calls out maggie hassan for supporting uh joe biden's withdrawal from you uh from afghanistan which i will remind you guys joe biden's withdrawal is like over four months after uh, Donald Trump's planned withdrawal, Donald Trump planned to be out of Afghanistan on May 1st of 2021. Joe Biden changed it to September 11th, 2021. It's like four and a half months. Uh, <laughs> you know, the idea that Joe Biden's uh, uh, exit date was too early is ridiculous. It's four and a half months after Trump's. His mistake was moving the deadline back and violating the agreement that he had made, that Trump had made with the Taliban. We should have honored the agreement and gotten out in May. But we didn't do that, which caused more of a catastrophe. But let's hear what uh, Senator Hassan has to say in reply to Don Baldock calling her out for supporting Joe Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan. Um, look, I stood up to the administration. I disagreed with the administration and its decision uh, to set an arbitrary deadline for withdrawal from Afghanistan, as I disagreed with the previous administration when it set an arbitrary deadline. So there you go. I disagreed with Joe Biden. I didn't want to leave Afghanistan. And I disagreed with Donald Trump. I didn't want to leave Afghanistan under him either. Great, Maggie. Great. Fucking awesome. Thanks. And I have supported an investigation to hold the administration accountable and to find out how it is that the Taliban took control so quickly. Oh, yeah, sure. Focus on Afghanistan instead of Ukraine. Like, focus on Joe Biden's failings pulling us out of Afghanistan instead of why are we escalating another war in Ukraine against Russia? Great plan.
after Afghanistan. Uh, but at the end of the day, the United States of America must remain the most powerful country on earth. It must maintain its military and economic edge. And I have a record of making sure that we continue to do that. In her defense, she does have a pretty good record of being a warmonger for the most part. Like she's actually, she was okay on the genocide in Yemen. That is one area where I'll give her some slack because she has voted to stop funding the Saudis. Now, is it because of the genocide in Yemen? I don't think so. I think it's purely political. It's because it's Russia, you know, uh, that that's you know she doesn't like Russia siding with Saudi Arabia on anything. Um, that's that, that's like the motivation for most of the Democrats not liking Saudi Arabia when they're not siding with Russia. They're totally fine, but as soon as they start buddying up to Russia, they're the bad guys. Uh, but I will defend her that she has been a pretty shitty pro-war politician, regardless of what Don Baldick is trying to say about her. Next question from Jean Mackin. Thanks, Adam. Right now in Iran, protests continue more than a month after a young woman in the custody of Iranian morality police for an alleged breach of the country's dress code died. The government there has been waging a bloody crackdown against the protests, and human rights groups believe hundreds have been killed. What is the best way to advance U.S. interests and the cause of freedom in this situation? So what is the best way to, you know, increase U.S. interests and Iranian freedom? Well, you got U.S. and Iran. Which one do we actually care about? Which one should we care about? We probably care about our own interests. Getting involved with Iran probably doesn't serve our interests at all. That would be a great answer for an America first general. But let's hear what he has to say. General Bulldog. Well, it's to have a strong national security in the first place. And we don't. It's weak. It's weak here in this nation. We've given up our borders. We've experienced high crime. They know that. They saw how weak we were in Afghanistan, despite what she says. I haven't even seen anything that she talked about, nor have I heard or reviewed anything on her website that says she stood up to Joe Biden. She doesn't stand up to Joe Biden. She agrees with Joe Biden. So I'll remind you that Don Baldick wrote uh, he wrote a, a statement when we pulled out of Afghanistan saying, I said this to the administration in 2013 and 2014, that switching from combat to non-combat operations in Afghanistan was a mistake. And so here he's saying the same thing. She didn't stand up to Joe Biden. She went along with him trying to pull us out of Afghanistan. So again, he could talk about not getting involved with Iran, how it's not our problem. And he, he even, he had a perfect in there. He was talking about, you know, our open borders and our huge, you know, our high crime rate or whatever. He could have run with that and said, so this has nothing to do with us. We should be focusing on ourselves instead. No. What does he do? He talks about Afghanistan and he gets worse. Let's keep playing it. And so, um, you know, what's going on in Iran is tragic. Why? Because we let our foot off the gas. Because <laughs> Okay. What's going on in Iran is happening because we let our foot off the gas. Because what does that mean? After we airstriked uh, Soleimani, we should have just gone to war with Iran. Is that what you're saying, Don? Because we let our foot off the gas. Let's hear the rest of his answer. Because they have no respect for us. Neither does China. Neither does North Korea. North Korea has launched more missiles than, than any of the past previous administrations. Okay, so here he goes again. You know, he's doing the same thing Maggie did. He brought up North Korea and China, that they have no respect for us because we're weak. Is it because we're weak or is it because we're sailing destroyers and aircraft carriers through the Strait of Taiwan in the South China Sea? Can you imagine if China was sailing warships in the Gulf of Mexico, how we would act? Anyway, keep playing. Because they don't respect us. 
because they've allowed the respect for America to deteriorate because of policies here in the United States. We're weak economically. We're weak military. We can't stand with peace through strength. She knows it, but she's going to use her Washington, D.C. Senate uh, career politician talk to try and get get out of it. Well, she's not getting out of it up here. She's responsible for what happens in other countries That's because fine. of our weak foreign policy. Okay, so... <laughs> Like he's so close to being able to transition this to because he, he does talk about stuff here at home a little bit like we have weak economic policy. Like, man, come on, just run with that. We have weak economic policy. We can't get involved in these conflicts between China and Taiwan and, you know, with North Korea or with Iran. But no, what's the problem? It's our weak foreign policy. And by weak foreign policy, he doesn't mean like arming, you know, <laughs> arming terrorists or propping up dictators or pumping weapons into a country. You've seen from other clips I've played before that he's totally fine with that. And he wants to go after rogue nations like North Korea and Iran, and he wants to get tough on China. So his criticism of the, because I would call Biden's foreign policy weak, but in a completely different way than Baldick is trying to insinuate here. He's saying like, we're not doing enough. We're not being aggressive enough. And from the clip I played earlier in the episode, you could see what he deems as aggressive enough. But no, he's not going to say that we shouldn't get involved. We should care about America first. It's that we have a weak military and we haven't exercised it enough and we haven't shown we mean business. We haven't drawn enough of a red line to scare the shit out of people if they're not willing to cross it. And that's why we are where we are. So let's see what uh, Maggie Hassan counters his statement with. Senator Hassan. So my top priority is always making sure that America is safe, secure, and free. And as I noted just a minute ago, that starts with making sure that we remain the most powerful country on earth to lead both with our military and economic strength, but also with our values, our belief in individual freedom. I have traveled as a United States Senator from Israel to Taiwan to Afghanistan, and in Afghanistan had the opportunity to talk with our troops. And that experience has informed uh, my continued support for increasing investments in our national defense, including making sure that we have equipment and technology second to none. On the Homeland Security Committee, as the chair of the panel on emerging threats, I have worked in a bipartisan way to make sure we are strengthening our cybersecurity so here she's telling the truth. I've worked in a bipartisan way. She has. This is where she crosses the aisle, where she crosses the aisle to vote with Republicans is mostly when it has to do with warfare spending. And uh, I brought this up in my episode with Jeremy a couple days ago. But the other area that she crosses the aisle with the Republicans is when it's coming down to spying on you without a warrant. Uh, she and Jean Shaheen, New Hampshire's two Democrat senators, both cross the aisle to vote with the Republicans to not overturn the Patriot Act. And our counterterrorism efforts, in particular, our efforts to identify and respond to terrorism. What is happening in Iran is heartbreaking. It is also um, just empowering to see women standing up peacefully for their rights as individuals. We have to continue sanctions and we have to continue working with our regional allies and the rest of the free world to hold Iran accountable. So we got to increase our sanctions and we have to continue working with our allies in the area. That means Israel and probably Saudi Arabia, unless she's pissed that they're kind of siding with Russia right now, you know, if she, uh, but who knows? Um, <laughs> that's who we got to work with. We got to put more sanctions on these people and that will make them more free. And as you guys know, I've talked about this before. I've written about it in my sub stacks. 
putting sanctions on Iran does nothing but validate the Iranian government because it makes life harder for the people of Iran. And then the Iranian regime has an external force to blame the problems on, just like Venezuela or Cuba can. But, you know, a lot of the problems in these countries are self-inflicted by how horrible their governments are. But they don't have to point to that as the primary cause because they'll be like, oh, it's the sanctions the United States is putting on us. And also it tends to increase patriotism when an outside force attacks a country. So when Don Baldick says we took our foot off the gas with Iran, you know, when we airstrike Soleimani back in 2020, there were more anti-American and anti-Israel protests in Iran than there ever had been recently. It drove patriotism through the roof for Iranian nationalists. So this idea that we're just being too weak and, you know, that's the problem. It's just absolutely insane. So anyway, guys, you don't have a good option in Maggie Hassan or Don Baldick. And you guys, a lot of you think about statewide issues. They're running for U.S. Senate. It's going to have to do with foreign policy and federal issues. I mean, you know, when it comes to statewide things, you should care about who you're voting for for governor. But even more than governor is who you're voting for for state legislature, because they're the ones who actually write the laws that the governor signs off on. Uh, if he gets into the Senate, he's one of a hundred people. And so people are saying like, we got to be pragmatic this time. And we just got to vote for Baldick, even though he sucks. Like this guy is, he's, um, you know, it's hard to know what he's going to do. Uh, you know, with Maggie Hassan, she's predictable. You know how she's going to vote. She just sucks. She's a typical corporate, uh, you know, war hawk Democrat. Don Baldick is like dangerously, insanely unpredictable. You have no idea what he's going to say. Like Maggie Hassan, I don't really know if she's ever said anything that the Pentagon has had to come out and say, yeah, no, that's too much. Now, as I just laid out, she's absolutely fucking awful. There's absolutely no reason anyone should ever vote for her, but you shouldn't vote for Baldick either. And I think Baldick is probably going to edge this one out. Um, but if he loses by a little bit, we've really got, a case to make that look if you guys want to win you can't run these shit candidates anymore but even if he does win if there's a sizable number of people that vote libertarian it does send a message that we're pissed off and if you just keep capitulating you just keep voting for these awful republicans or awful democrats hoping that next election cycle it's going to get better it's never going to get better it's just going to keep continuing to get worse so don't vote for either of these two asshats they don't deserve your vote they're both warmongering, corporatist uh, dumbasses who are just going to vote the party line. And then when they're going to cross the line is when they have to vote for war or more national security uh, uh, strides like spying on you without a warrant or whatever. That's who both of these people are. And uh, Don Baldick's also proven that he's a major liar. I mean, he obviously faked that assault on him. He knows he didn't get punched. I mean, there are headlines that literally say he ducked a punch. And that's not completely his fault that that's what's being re recorded. But in this debate, he actually talked about how he was assaulted outside before coming into the debate. He was not assaulted. A guy ran up to him with a phone videoing to ask him a question or to say, like, why do you support war or something? And two of his supporters ran out and hit him with a flag and bumped into him in the in the middle of it. That's what happened. Um, so try to share this video around, or, you know, you could go to, um, 
uh, I think uh, Free Keen, I think is the name of the website. I'll link it in the description where you can. I'll link the video where you can just watch the video of uh, Joa and Baldick and what happened there. Uh, just share that around on Facebook, on Twitter, whatever you got, and try to show people that the narrative that's being spun that we attacked Don Baldick is just bullshit. It's not true. And don't vote for either of these people. If you live in New Hampshire, they both suck. They don't. Deber- they don't deserve your vote. You know, vote Jeremy Kaufman. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and it was amazing seeing the cope of so many people in that crowd uh, who were just trying to deny that Don Baldick was a warmonger. And then I played that clip to them and they really didn't like it. I think that was I, I don't I'm sure somebody else has done that at some point uh, using some, a politician's own words against what their supporters want to believe. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I really like the protest scene. I haven't done a ton of it, but I. Uh, this was the first the, our last week was the first time I remember getting really confrontational with every anyone. I didn't get super confrontational with anyone here. It was just me playing through the the loudspeaker. But it's a lot of fun. If you live in New Hampshire and you want to get involved with the Libertarian Party, just uh, check it out. We do a lot of stuff like this. It's fun. It's interactive. You're you know making somewhat of a difference. I think playing that clip over and over again actually got some of them to think about what they were doing. But uh, anyway, tomorrow, if you're watching this live or if you're watching it when I post it, I'm pre-recording this one. But if you're watching it when I post it tomorrow, Friday, I'm going to have Scott Horton on the show and I'm going to be talking about what's going on in Ukraine and what's taking place in Taiwan. Um, And then next week is the election. So make sure you get out on Tuesday. Vote for Jeremy Kaufman. Um, If you live in uh, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, (laughs) but that shit's funny. Uh, I would probably vote for Fetterman just for the laughs. If I lived in Pennsylvania uh, personally, I don't know if the libertarian guy, Eric Gerhardt, I don't know if he knows who I am. I don't take it personally, Eric. I'm sure you're a decent candidate, but I mean, I would have to vote for Fetterman um, just just for the entertainment value. But uh, yeah, if you're in New Hampshire, you've got a good option on the ballot. So make sure you vote for him. All right, guys, I will catch you later. Uh, Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't and check out my other platforms, as I said in the beginning of the video. Um... And yeah, I will catch you on the next stream.